1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey. Sorry, hold on. I have to mute this. What a stupid system that they have for uh, uh, going to Instagram. Anyway, hi, everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey. It wouldn't be a show unless there was a technical problem to start things off. But uh, I, I I, know it's, it's, it's hard to believe that it could be like that. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, who is looking forward to 2024. It is going to be a hell of a year. Ain't that right, Maria? And joined by the host of the Final Buzzer, Mr. John Fulkowski.
1: Let's go, Team USA. Yeah,
2: they looked good. They looked good last night. And, of course, the fourth period's Mr. Anthony Larocco.
0: I wonder if Don Waddell and Tom Fitzgerald were disappointed when they didn't find a goaltender underneath their Christmas tree yesterday.
2: They could certainly use them. And actually, Anthony, that's a great lead-in because one of the things we're going to be discussing today is going to be New Year's resolutions for a bunch of hockey teams around the area. But first, and of course around the NHL, but first we're going to go to our A block. It's going to be a brief A block because there weren't any games played since Saturday where the New York Rangers and the New York Islanders, the Rangers were 1-1 since our last broadcast, the Islanders, they were 1-0-1. Uh, both teams in the NHL's top 10, and uh, it's just amazing the seasons that they're having, given what you what you could think of with them. Anthony, I got to point this out. The Islanders are the only team in the NHL's top 10 with a negative goal differential. There's a lot to unpack in that sentence. So, boys, quickly, we'll start with you, Anthony, since you're in the, the, the filk spot right now. What are your takeaways from last week? Uh, my
0: takeaway is kind of, it's kind of simple. I, I tweeted about it after, you know, the, the last game as I head into the holiday break, um, you know, the, the Islanders are third in the conference right now, three points behind the Bruins. I think any, I think even the most optimistic Islander fan beginning of the season, um, you know, wouldn't have thought that. So, uh, I think going into the break, um, there's some, there's some good vibes, uh their 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 best players are are really performing. You know, Barzell, Horvat, Nelson Dobson. Um so right now, uh yeah, at the break, the Islanders head into it. A little bit uh you know, overachieving. Again, I think a lot of people expected them to kind of scratch and call scratch and claw for a wild card. Um and you know that still could be, but as of for now, the Islanders are, you know, in a in a good spot. So I think, you know, coming out of the holiday break now, they got a game against the Penguins who were kind of a up and down team we all know about what their issues are so hopefully they could start off uh you know the not quite the second half of the season officially uh but you know get it started here with a win at home against the penguins but um you know overall i think you know as the new year comes to an end as the year comes to an end the new year starts i think the islanders can you know hopefully buck the trend of losing third period leads and, um, you know, and again, I think the guys in the room have to start to feel good about themselves. You know, their last two wins against the Oilers and the, and the Hurricanes, they did not allow the, you know, both teams to come back to point and tie a game. They held on to lead. So hopefully that puts them in the right direction when it comes to, uh, you know, closing out teams and they have the lead. But, um, yeah, overall, I guess, you know, again, as an Islander fan, you have to be happy where they are right now at the Christmas break.
2: And Phil, you go over to the Rangers. They're going to resume against the Capitals starting tonight. And uh, what are your takeaways from the last two games? What did you see? What did you not like or like?
1: Well, I mean the the Edmonton game was just a good, a decent forty minutes of hockey. But the offense looked stagnant there for a bit. Uh, they were having trouble executing, getting out of their own zone. They weren't they weren't connecting on their breakouts weren't breaking out through the zone. They were relying on those stretch passes way too much. And it seems like every time they lose gains, it's because they get into that rhythm of trying to force that stretch pass through the middle instead of trying to break out as a three- to five-man unit. And it ends up costing them. And they really took their foot off in the third because they thought they were going to be able to take that lead, that one nothing lead, and then that was just going to be it. And they, the Edmonton Oilers just ended up breaking out. Um, You know, the Rangers made it close late, but that score wasn't really the final score wasn't indicative of that game. I should say Uh, as for the Buffalo game, another game where they took a big they took a nice two nothing lead and they started getting sloppy. And this this is becoming a trend. They have to get away from this where they get a lead and they take their foot off the pedal. And thankfully, they were able to come back. And tie that game against Buffalo because they were they let up three unanswered to Buffalo. And Buffalo's skill, don't get me <clears> the wrong, they, they have scores up and down their lineup. But when you start playing laxed against that type of lineup, that's what happens. And they were a young team that was hungry for a win, came out, and the Rangers were able to tie the game, thankfully, late, but you know, and then win it in overtime, obviously, with a great, great play for Mika Zabetta. I talked about the patience on that one to get Chris Kreider um, on the board for the overtime winner. But uh, you know what? You want to see them get away from this hole, taking their foot off the pedal. You want to see more than 20 to 30 minutes of good play. You want to see 45 to 60 minutes of good play. And, you know, preferably 50. You know, you, you're not going to you're not gonna dominate the game from start to finish. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't matter. They give you that any given Sunday adage that they use for football. Well, that applies to the NHL because – any given minute of or any given shift of any given period in the NHL, a team can come out and, and just will themselves to have productive shifts and score goals. So the Rangers have to stop falling into this lull where they take their foot off the pedal and then really put their foot on the opposition's throats and and kill them. And that's got to be it. It's it, it just it's happened as early as the Minnesota game where they took that three nothing lead. And then they blew that lead, they lost that game in a shootout, and it's still happening now. So they got to get rid of that.
2: And sometimes, if you want to say, like, this is an advantage to have when you're first place or when the Islanders are in second, in their case, where you have these, these problems that you can identify and see, and then you go, Well, you correct that, and then you're gonna have prosperity right after that. But yeah, this is also the dog days, you got to get those wins. The Rangers found a way to get their win. The Islanders got uh, three points in those last couple games. And it's funny, by the way, you mentioned it, Anthony, because we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions, as I said before, and maybe the Islanders could stop bucking that trend because there really is opportunity for both of these teams right now. There's a lot of opportunity, and both of them need to capitalize on it. The Rangers, they got some glaring issues. uh, And, yes, as everybody's mentioning, Braden Schneider is one of them. And they're going to have to work on that. They're going to have to get right wing depth. There's a lot that's, that's left for them to do. Uh, Like I said, we're going to do a short a block because there isn't anything to talk about in in
0: the comments section.
2: Well, everybody's, he's, everybody's got a whipping boy. Sorry, Phil.
1: He's regressed. He needs to be better than what he's been this year. And I, I, I would attribute part of it to a new system but the things that he's doing wrong are, are just they're basic things. They're 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 like beyond rookie mistakes. Like he's leaving guys wide open, blowing coverage, forgetting his assignments. He's wandering out like Keandre Miller. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily because Lobby Olet wants him to play with a little more, you know, of an up tempo type game and get a little more involved offensively. But the things that he's doing are 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 just straight up mental gaffes
2: it's there's there's yeah and it's kind of funny because you got a guy that coaches defense as well as laviolette and his his play should be getting a lot better they've gotten a lot better out of truba this year
1: yeah i mean truba's been better it's like i said now now it's schneider and and miller has been up and down um i i don't i don't think it's and I don't think it has anything to do with Gustafson. I, I don't. I, I think it has more to do with Schneider himself and maybe this system. But at this point, I, I, you can't blame the system anymore. You, he's been here since September working with them. You know, if, if you don't figure out the system by now, that, that's a you problem, not a him problem. So I wouldn't be shocked if they start looking into a defenseman come the deadline, because Schneider has has not been trustworthy with his play as of late.
2: And also, kind of with Eric Gustafson, he's played really well, but you gotta be you gotta be careful if you start leaning on him more and more. So well,
1: they don't have to lean on him right now because he's back on the third parent because Adam Fox is back, but it's just. Schneider just has to be better in his own zone. He has to clean things up. This is, I mean, young defenders sometimes go through this. Keandre Miller is an even bigger example of it. Keandre Miller is great for a stretch, horrible for a stretch, great for a stretch again, and then horrible for another stretch. And right now, I mean, it's real up and down with him. So both of them have got to figure these things out by the time playoffs come around.
2: Yeah, and that is for sure. All right, so everybody, we're going to be doing New Year's resolutions for a bunch of hockey teams, the Rangers, the Islanders, and going around the NHL. But first, let's get a message from DraftKings. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Chill. Calm down. Calm down. Do Simmer down now. I'm freaking out. By the way, do you guys have any New Year's resolutions that you want to do for yourself right now?
1: Just not have 2024 be as shitty as 2023
2: was. <laughs> well, well, we're we're gonna have Vegas, baby. We're the, end of the last NHL draft is going to be in Vegas. How about you, Anthony? Any resolutions? Uh, I mean, nothing in particular, no. All right. Well, guys, welcome back to our impulsive reactions. I uh, still haven't gotten a better uh, name for this segment yet, but this would fall under this category of attainable New Year's resolutions for a bunch of hockey teams that are out there right now who might want to kind of set a goal for next year. And let's go with this one. The New York Rangers with 47 points lead the Metropolitan Division. Phil, the Rangers want to win the Metropolitan Division. Is that attainable? Layup. Just get yep. Oh, don't worry. The the bar talk one is going to be – it better be a layup. I'll tell you that because I'm going to go off about that one because that's been a hot button. Layup, just so this one's a layup. At least
0: make you a challenge. Silly. No, no, silly. no, Mark. Don't, they don't want to win the Metropolitan. Matter of fact, they want to miss the playoffs. Actually, that, that's what they want to do.
2: <laughs> no, but I'm, the real it's question t- is, is: what they want? Can they attain it? Can, yes. the,
1: can, can the Rangers <laughs> win the Metro Division? Is what you want to put there?
2: Oh, okay. Well, again, it's supposed to be you telling me whether or not it's attainable. So, the so the <laughs> Rangers. You think do you, Do you think they actually could succeed in this? They'll win the Metro, you're saying?
1: Yeah, I think that's attainable, Mark. I I, I would say that the first-place team in the Eastern Conference is (laughs) – it's attainable. I mean, yeah. The Bruins have 44 points. The Rangers are at 47. Uh, The Islanders are an up-and-down team. I think Philadelphia is going to fall off. Washington isn't getting any production out of Alexander Ovechkin – Toronto's an up and down team because some nights they, they choose whether or not they want to play defense at all. You know, you know, they could score like five goals a night, but they also may let in six goals a night when they don't want to play defense. And then, you know, Vancouver, I mean, they're in another conference. You don't really have to worry about them, but they're first in the league right now, but the Rangers have games in hand on them. So, I mean, it's, yeah, the, the Rangers have as good of a shot as any team to win this division. Do you think Still, they can win
2: the President's Trophy?
1: Do I think they can win the President's Trophy? Yeah, I, I, I think they can win the President's Trophy too. I, I, I think that they're going to get Filippito and Kapokako back, I would say sooner than later. They're both skating. It's just a matter of when they're going to be back. Oh, oh, yeah. Mark is definitely prime John Starkton. He
2: is. (laughs) Oh, I'm telling you guys, wait for the bar talk, because that better be a layup.
1: Here's the alley oop to freaking Carl Malone. Where's the mailman when you need him? Is he wrestling? Well,
2: we started with an easy one. We got some better ones coming up, guys. Don't worry about that, because let's go over to the Islanders, Anthony. This season, you mentioned it in the first period, 15 times. I think it absolutely, it's. I put a plus there accidentally. 15 times have given up the lead in the third period. The Islanders want to stop giving up third period leads. Are they going to do that?
0: The wordings of these are just. The wording. I will just, fix the wordings no, of no, these. I did what? it. Yeah, right? they, 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 they want to keep blowing third period leads and, and make it interesting. I, I,
2: <laughs> I think you guys are misunderstanding this a little bit. Like it's supposed to be you're going to the gym. You want to go to the gym. Can you do it? Can you go to the gym every I mean, day? Yeah,
1: again, of course, yes. of course it's but attainable. That's not they, the wording uh, that needs to be there at the bottom. It should be, can the Islanders stop blowing third-period leads?
2: I will fix these right now. So, Anthony, yeah, can yeah, they stop? I mean, yes.
1: I mean, it's been a huge problem,
0: but yes, of course they can. The, uh, cha- you know, change up the way they play when they have a lead in the third. Don't be as aggressive. Like the, Yeah, there are plenty of things that Lane Lambert can do to adjust to when the Islanders have a lead in the third period to ensure that this stops happening. Um, You know, obviously it happened way too frequently, you know, prior to the Christmas break. Uh, But yeah, they just have to, you know, be more conscious with the puck make safe plays, get it cliches, but get it deep, you know, four check hard. Yes, they can. It's just going to take adjustments and hopefully they could, you know, last two games that they won, they're starting to right the ship in that regard.
2: Well, and everybody, we are a self-correcting show. This is what we do. So, yes. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and you know what? The GIF hasn't been out so far in a while, so let me get it up there for you. <laughs> oh, no, Mark messed up. All right. Mark. See, is- I, was, I was still thinking about if, there, if it's going to be attainable. Phil, do you think this is going to be a thing that's going to continue for the Islanders? Are they going to keep giving up third-period leads, or are they going to get better in the third?
1: I mean, they can adjust. Whether or not they will remains to be seen at this point. It, 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 it continues to happen, even with the Islanders' like recent stretch of better play. So, after the loss to San Jose, that overtime loss, where that was just probably the low point. Anthony, you would agree, but that's probably the low point of the season right there. That sharp Yeah, story.
0: I mean, that was... It made me feel a little better. Detroit did it a couple times after, but yes, uh, sorry. San Jose did it a couple times after, but yes, it was a low point for sure. So, so it, yeah. since,
1: since then the Islanders are six and three in their last nine since then, um, two of those games ended up going to overtime. They blew leads against Los Angeles and Toronto, um, no, right. Los
0: Angeles is the game they came back
2: from. Oh,
1: they came back. Yeah, yeah. they
2: came back from that one. Yeah, so they,
1: they did it again against. They did it again against Toronto. So that one, they I know they blew the lead in because that was the Tavares game, and then um, the the Capitals game. I believe they also blew a lead in that game as well. And I'm just looking at that right now. Yeah, yeah, they they blew the lead. At, no, and Anders, Anders Lee tied oh, no, in the third. I'm sorry. Yeah. So they did it once since then. They did it once. So one time, it, it, it's it's still there. Did they cut down on it? Yes. Only once in the the last nine games. That's good. Um, but they're gonna need to cut that down to a lot less than that, like like a 005 percent margin. So we'll see if that happens, but. I mean, one in nine games. That's not bad, I guess.
2: I'll go with the number one reason why they're probably going to be able to attain this goal. Ilya Sorokin. He's he's got to be better, and you got to believe he's going to get better. A lot of people picked him to win the Vesna Trophy this year. It, it's not it's not a stretch to say the two Russian goaltenders in New York are going to be better as it goes along. Uh, it looks like Igor might be starting to kind of figure things out himself. Speaking of which. But Ilya Sorokin's right there. This guy was top five in goals, uh, goals against, the save percentage last year. He's he's the Islanders' trump card. Actually, they did it
1: against Boston. Mason Lowray tied that game late.
2: Yeah,
0: the the game they lost in overtime.
1: In in yeah, Mason Lowry tied that game. So twice twice in the last night. So still.
2: yeah. Well, by the way, funny you mention that. Goes the Boston Bruins guys. Oh, sorry. Put up that comment, Phil.
1: No, this is just uh, Evan making fun of you over here. Just saying. Oh, I've been celebrating. Uh, Want to go
2: first overall? It's, again, again, I was my wording was off. Uh, does he want to 100 points? <laughs> oh. You think well, everybody wants to do it? I'm <laughs> <trying> to- <laughs> See, you know what? It's, it's 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 that's the thing. It's just a mistake. I should have had it where it was a
1: question. Oh uh, man, I almost wish it's just like Premier League, so we can relegate Mark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Boston Bruins uh, with 47 <laughs> points last season, first round knockout after having the most points in NHL history. Can the Boston Bruins be better in the postseason this
1: year? The Bruins do not have 47 points. They have hit 44 points.
2: Right. 44. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God, I am firing on all cylinders.
1: Oh, man. Oh, Mark, geez. He's, he's batting 1,000 in the gaff column, and it's yeah, amazing. He is. Uh, like I said, he's, a, he's, he's Mark, a wandering... Mark, Mark is like the equivalent of playing wiffle ball with that big red fat bat <laughs>
2: to
1: have his kids. He's literally he's a, just, everything is just getting crushed. Uh, he's he's um, a uh,
2: machine. Yeah, you know what? That's, <laughs> yeah. So they were the best team last year. Anthony, are they going to be better in the postseason this year?
0: Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I, uh, I think the Bruins have proved a lot of people wrong, you know, that they were going to take a big drop off this season. I don't see any reason why they can't be. I mean, they're going to, they're likely going to finish first in their division, which means, you know, they're probably going to play one of the wild cards. Uh, <laughs> so whether it be, you know, New Jersey, Carolina Islanders, um, they, they might get a more favorable matchup, but, I don't think this is a team that's going to win the Stanley cup or anything. So,
2: but yeah, sure. I, I suppose they could be better in the postseason. I mean, I think this is the most vulnerable they've ever been. I still don't know who their goaltender is. If it's, it's, it should be Swayman. I'll tell you that, but all he's really not lighting the world on fire and he's the defending Vezina trophy winner. Do they have enough, enough depth? Is their center depth going to kill them? Now you don't have Patrice Bergeron over there. I don't fear the Bruins at a seven game series. That's what I'm kind of getting at with this. And I think a team like Florida, if they end up getting them again, they might be in trouble. Phil, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I don't, uh, unless the Bruins make a move at center, I I, I don't see how it happens. I'm actually really surprised that they sent Matthew Patras to, to the uh, team Canada for the world juniors. I mean, I thought he was playing well. But it looked like there was a little bit of a drop-off in this play, but I didn't think it would be enough to the point where they were gonna send him to the world juniors. I mean, maybe it's a confidence booster and he comes back and he he plays well for them, but I, I still think that they need to make a move at center. And I, I like outside of Elias Lindholm, I, I don't know who the uh the difference maker is there that was really gonna move the needle. I also don't know how Boston makes that type of deal for someone like Lindholm. I, I, so I, I guess, yeah, I I don't see them as as tough or as scary as they were the year or, you know last year. But if they make a move, all bets are off. So who knows? But, Yeah, yeah the- goaltending has got to be better. Olmark is not not playing well at all right now. Swayman should probably be the starter with the way that he's playing right now. So hell,
2: hell yeah, Swayman's. They, they they need to make a goaltending decision. <laughs> And goaltenders need to be in a rhythm. I don't understand where the concept of always having a tandem goes in. And, hell, we've seen it over the years, guys. That's the new thing. Everybody's in a tandem. Carolina, make a freaking decision. I mean, you got all these. Anyway, yeah, by run. the way, New Year's <laughs> resolution is to have fewer mistakes. But uh, I've already – well, fortunately, it's still 2023, so I already screwed that up. Uh, <laughs> ah. Guys, the Colorado Avalanche have four players with – 30 points or more. Number five is Devon Taves. See, I didn't screw that one up, Anthony, with 18 points. Can the Colorado Avalanche find scoring balance, Mr. Fugowski?
1: You know what? I I don't like that roster the way it's constructed. I I think it's just way too top-heavy. You're – the they have great superstars up front, McKinnon, McCarr, Rantanen, uh, Taves. I I, I had him as one of my best defensemen in the league, but he's not really playing like that this year. Um, but a lot of guys that were supposed to step up that haven't stepped up. Nichushkin is about a point per game, which is really surprising. Ross Colton, he's over a 40-point pace. But after Ross Colton, what are you getting? Ryan Johansson, t- 10 goals in 34 games. Nice. But two assists. Bowen Byron, his play has regressed significantly. You're not getting scoring out of, um, you know, Andrew Caligliano. You're not bringing him in for that. Logan O'Connor's really kind of like a third, maybe fourth liner. Tomas Tatar had nine points and then they let him go. Arturi Lekanin who was a big trade deadline acquisition last year has played only 12 games. He's got eight points, but you know, I, I just don't see enough scoring. They they need another legitimate top six forward, preferably a center. I would say on that second line, because Johansson's not doing the job. And if you can get that great. Uh, I mean, if they can get another winger to help Johansson, sure. But, um, the only thing, again, the only one that I could really think of that's the needle mover there is Lindholm. And do they have the pieces to go get Lindholm? Do they want to go give up Byram? I mean, I know they're not satisfied with Byram right now. Um, but, yeah, and and Georgiev, not yep. exactly playing well. He, he's yep. not exactly the goaltender. He's what I thought he would be, a guy that benefits from having a great team in front of him. He's got a sub-900 save percentage, and a goals against it just under three not
2: playing well. Uh, Anthony, your quick thought on this?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think they're in the mix for Elias Lindholm. I know one of LeBron's more, more recent pieces before the break, he, he kind of referenced the avalanche, um, possibly looking at Elias Lindholm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a guy like him would help them tremendously up front, uh, and I think they'll certainly be in the mix. Remember, um, not that he made a ton of money, but they dumped, uh, they dumped Tomas Tatar uh before the breaks so that freed up some room so i think at some point you know prior to the deadline
2: they're going to be in the market for a score yeah and i i just don't i don't like the roster construction i can't say that enough and it seems like they've had that hole behind mckinnon who's playing out of his mind right now he's 54 points he's playing incredible but ryan johansson uh, the, the, some people still think he's the guy that was coming up with Columbus. He's, uh, he just hasn't shown that promise in a long time. Guys, two more of these and no more mistakes the rest of the way. The Edmonton Oilers, seventh in the Western Conference, uh, wildcard standings. They have 31 points right now. You know what? Everybody wants to say the Oilers could make a run, but they're trying to set a lofty goal for themselves. Can this team make the playoffs and win two playoff rounds? I'm going to lay this one up and say I'm not sure if they can win one playoff round or make the playoffs, let alone win two. Anthony, your thoughts on that one? Um,
0: I mean, yeah. I think I think once – to use the cliche again, you know, once you get in, anything can happen. And, you know, right now the Oilers are five points out of a wild card spot. Um, you know, the, as long as they have guys like Drysaddle, McDavid, going for them who, who take over games – uh, they certainly have a chance. You know, Evander Kane's having a pretty decent season. And, again, this is another team that I think is going to look to do something at the deadline. If they're still in the mix, try to, you know, get a final push there. But, um, you know, I, they have their issues. But, uh, again, McDavid and Joyce are really that just good. And if they get some help on that team, I, I think they can. They just have to get in first, which is still possible.
2: Five points isn't a lot. All right, but can they make up the five points, Phil, get in the playoffs and get back to the Western Conference Finals?
1: I, you know what, I'm not, I'm really not feeling this roster the way that they're playing. I know that they're, they've got a better coach now um, than they had before, but they made the Western Conference Finals with that same coach, which is crazy to think about. Um, I I don't trust the roster makeup as it speaks. I think if they go and they add a defenseman come the deadline, uh, I know that Calgary is uh, a divisional rival and they're probably their most bitter rival. But mm-hmm. if I admit, I'm Edmonton, I'm looking into Noah Hannafin because Noah Hannafin would absolutely help them out big time. They missed on Zadorov, which I thought would be uh, and also another good addition them but i i I just think as constructed i think they're going to have trouble
2: if calgary trades noah hannapin to the edmonton oilers then uh i think the world has officially gone topsy-turvy and lost their minds anyway and the last one guys you know that this is the first time since 2005 as the vancouver canucks sit atop the nhl standings that a canadian team has led the nhl in points at Christmas, can the Vancouver Canucks be the first Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup since 1993? Philk, I will start with you. I'm
1: going to say no. I, I, I think there's too many holes in this roster. Uh, I, I like the way that they're playing. I, I just I think they're built for regular season success and not playoff success. I think they need to add a few more guys like Sam Lafferty I think they need better defense. I, I I like Thatcher Demko a lot. I do, but I just don't trust the defense. And I wonder how their scoring depth is going to become playoff time. JT Miller right now is having a phenomenal season. He's got to be up for the heart right now. He's got 48 points. Um, Elias Pettersson was playing so well earlier on. He's cooled down a little bit. He was leading the NHL in scoring for a while. Quinn Hughes is a Norris favorite with the way that he's playing offensively. Brock Besser is having the best year of his career, 24 goals in 35 games. He's going to shatter his career high in goals. Um, Ilya Mikheyev has been a good addition for them. Philip Bronick has been really good, but I I still think they need something on defense uh, to help them out. I think they need – a legitimate, I would say at least top
2: three defenseman. Anthony, what do you think? Can Vancouver actually pull this off?
0: No, I I mean, they're, they're certainly a much better team than last year. They're having a lot of success so far. Um, But I don't, I don't view them as a team that, that can legitimately win the Stanley cup. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. You know, it certainly is possible, but I don't, you know, I don't see it happening. I mean, they, they're getting great years, you know. J.T. Miller, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes. Um, you know those guys. Are they gonna? Is it gonna translate the playoff success when the game gets heavier? Uh, I don't know. Um, but a good regular season team, but I don't. I don't think they're gonna win the Stanley Cup. No.
1: Doesn't that I mean, remind you a little bit, Mark, of kind of like the '92 Rangers and how yeah. they had that scoring depth and they were getting the, the offense from Leach and and you even Horanek. Was like kind of like James Patrick was to Leach that year offensively, and, mm-hmm. and the goaltending is good, but you're just not sure of them, their build.
2: Well, again, I'll say part of the things that I think a, a lesson Mike Keenan taught everybody is have your number one goalie and stick with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, you don't want to do what he did with Grant Fuhr in St. Louis and play him, I think it was – 79
1: games, and then John Casey ended up having to be in for the playoffs and gave up that goal to Iserman.
2: Yeah, because also, by the way, Ty Domi uh, fell on Grant Fjord and he hurt his knee and he was done for the season. But, I mean, you get that alternating thing that Richter and Van Beesburg was doing. It was just proof you can't have that happening. Now, uh, I love Thatcher Damko. Uh, I just wonder if he's going to be healthy the entire way through. The All the Canucks stars are playing great. They just got to have some more depth no matter what even if the canucks win or if they win the stanley cup obviously success but if the, if if they just make the playoffs and win and, and like challenge for the division that's a successful season so that's something that they can be looking forward to and i it's it's a tough it's a tough ask cuz you also got la that's there vegas you got we we everybody still wants to say edmonton's got something because they got the best player in the game but anyway, guys, thanks for sticking th- with my mistakes at the beginning of all that. Uh, and, and let's go do some bar talk. And yes, Core, there is a layup to start.
0: <laughs> Shot. This is the easiest cyber to
1: answer. Let me say fear. I can't even begin to describe.
2: I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Isn't it funny? We're talking about layups in the first comment in there is anthony saying it's the easiest uh, that i've had to answer i still yeah. laugh about that because yet again oh are you are that i'm doing self valleys yes because i'll tell you what <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll start that one off when i get there but welcome back to big apple hockey's bar talk where we're gauging our confidence on angel topics based on our choice of drink are confident use a are buying everybody around so so have a beer or oh god i need a shot well I'll be having an old fashioned in about 40, uh, about an hour, I should say. And also why go to the liquor store when you can go to drizzly and have everybody bring everything to you guys. I started, we asked this question last week and I'm not even going to start it off because I keep saying how much of uh, I I, I shake my head that it's even a question empty netters, Phil. If you heard this one, you look at the Rangers all time goal scoring And Chris Kreider, he's probably going Yeah, that's the by design
1: mistake there. Christ Kreider. I mean, I
2: know... No, might as well be Christ. Oh, God. Chris Kreider. Jeez. All right. It's not 2024 (laughs) yet, guys. I'm still going to make mistakes. Uh. But, Phil, Phil, this one drove me crazy. Chris Kreider will be a top five all-time New York Ranger. Uh. And I'm going to start this off. Because Empty Netters said he's the best, he's going to be the best New York Ranger ever once he gets a gold record. I can't oh, look at and go, You mispronounced Brian Leach. Anyway, go ahead. Oh my God. I just had a question. shot.
1: Oh my God. A top five all time Ranger? Yes. No. 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 He has a chance of having his number retired, but I. I, I don't think he's going to be a top five all time Rangers. So that means that you're going to have him ahead of one of Leach, Messier, Lundquist, Richter, Jacobin, Gilbert. One of those guys? No, not even. Rattel? Sorry. Rattel? No. Sorry. Sorry. Chris Kreider may end up being the all time Rangers goal scorer when his career is all said and done. I think he will be. I think he'll crack. Three hundred goals by the end of this season, and then he's going going to have about uh, just over a hundred goals to go until he, you know, eventually chinks oh. down to Ron Gilbert. But I mean, no, no, he won't be considered a top five all time Ranger.
2: Anthony, do you think he makes the top five all time Rangers list?
1: No, this
0: is a, this is a shot. As folks said, I mean, if Lundqvist, Messier, Leach, Richter. Gilbert, I mean, there's a lot of guys um, that I, I think it would be hard pressed to say Chris Kreider um, deserves
2: to be in that ahead of. So uh, it's a shot here. And again, it's no it's no slight on Chris Kreider on that, but
1: yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> but, Christ
2: See, <Christ>. <laughs> so, you know what? I still I still love when I ever call him the Kreider man. But yeah, I'm, we're working on this a little bit faster, guys. Hey, by the way, we're month—we're about 11 months from the Bo Horvat trade. Here's another one that should be an easy one for everybody. There's another thing that people have been arguing about. The Islanders acquired Bo Horvat for Anthony Bovillier, Aturatu, and a first-round pick. Horvat signs an extension right away before playing a game with the Islanders. Anthony, I'll flash Horvat stats in a minute, which, by the way, he's at 49 points. The Islanders won this trade.
0: I mean, I, I personally, he doesn't have forty nine points. No, forty nine oh. points.
2: This <laughs> is it's, 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 it's <laughs> wait what? <laughs> With the Islanders?
1: Oh my god! Oh wait, you. Oh wait, you're you're. In,
2: with oh, his time with the Islanders, guys.
1: The Islanders. oh, all right, no, all right, no, we, we, Mark, right. I thought, I, I thought you were saying this season. We I, all I thought you, were, uh, we to all to thought say you were saying this season, this season.
2: Yeah. not this season.
0: Oh, uh, oh my god! This all right, um, oh. Jesus, Mark. Uh, listen, it, it, Bo Horvat's. He's he's on pace for over eighty points. Uh, he's on pace for thirty-five goals. Um, As I said before the year, you know, he got a full training camp under his belt. He settled into Long Island and, you know, he's, he's being the player that I think Lou Lauer hoped he could be when they acquired him. Um, So, I mean, this is easy. And then you look at it from Vancouver's end, they don't even have Anthony Bovillia anymore. The first round pick they got in the deal for Horvat, they sent to Detroit to get Hironic. And while Hironic has been good, I mean, this is like the first year that he's really doing something. So, I mean, this well, is, I wouldn't this say is, that.
1: I wouldn't say that. He actually, two years ago, or what was it, three years ago, rather. Yeah, I,
0: I mean, that's, I, I suppose that's fair, but this year is so far the best year he's had. With that Here. said, though, I mean, ironic. Yeah, I mean, Islanders won the trade overall. I don't think there's any denying that right now. Um, the Islanders got the player they needed. So Lou's happy. The Islander fans are happy.
2: And hopefully he can keep being this player. Phil, this is the layup that they won, that they won this trade, right?
1: No, I mean, they ended up getting a, a top four defenseman out of it and a damn good one at that. And that's the only thing that keeps it really from being a layup. If you want to say the Islanders got their guy, yeah, definitely. But they you know, they still, the jury's out on Ratu. And I'm, I'm skeptical on Ratu because at one point, he was the consensus one for the 2021 draft. Everybody had him as the number one pick going in that draft well before that draft went down and then that year his draft year (laughs) he ran into some personal issues and struggled on the ice and he was not playing well and his stock plummeted big time and that's why the islanders got him in the second round so um the jury's out on him but the uh, the vancouver canucks got a damn good player with that first round pick that they used to send to detroit for ironic so um yeah, Beauvilliers is not there anymore, but Beauvilliers was really more of like a, a throw-in to make salaries work. Um, yeah, I I, I don't want to say that they didn't win it because I, I think it's worked out pretty damn well for both teams. So Yes, I, that's true. I I, I I can't say that either team has really truly won this trade right now. I think both teams – if you if I think if you ask both team general managers whether they do this trade again or not, I think both of them they absolutely do this trade again.
2: You'd agree with that, right, Anthony? Both of them would do that trade.
0: Yeah, I think they'd both do it over. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think Why there's not? any I clear. that's playing Orbat's playing well for the the only thing that can you know can so I mean technically speaking, the this trade is between the Islanders and the Canucks. The Canucks traded separately with the Red Wings. If you're talking about just the deal the Islanders and the Canucks made, that's the way I'm viewing it as it is the Islanders won the trade. But you can't look at it that trade
1: way. You, you can't look at it that way. You have to look at it the same way as the Steve Dangle podcast uh as the Steve Dangle cherry trees because that's technically how it works because they took that asset that they got from that trade. Uh, so it's a part of that trade and it went to Detroit for Ferronic and Ferronic's been great for them.
2: Well, I also bring this up because there was the guy that tweeted out that comment about Bo Horvat (laughs) wanted to go to a contender. He ends up on the Islanders. The Islanders changed around a lot of perceptions with this trade. First off, I keep going back to this. I've said this numerous times. Horvat signed an eight-year extension before playing a game with the Islanders. How many times in the past have we seen guys just ride out the rest of the season and then just leave? I mean, Ryan uh, one guy, yeah, Ryan Smith is one of the ones that come to mind. This was this was the Islanders literally saying we're a player now, and I I, I this trade is great for the Islanders and it is great for Vancouver too. And they repurposed it; they got uh, Ronick out of it. But I'm buying around on this one, and <laughs> and don't look. And again, they're a top ten team in the NHL right now. You look over at the Easter Conference wild card standings, guys and you can see the capitals right now they're in playoff position tampa bay with 39 points uh 38 for carolina 36 for jersey 35 for montreal and detroit by the way is montreal going to fade at some point they seem to be holding on guys i'll start with you anthony the devils are the most dangerous non playoff team
0: um kudos mark you didn't it's not a layup so, <laughs> so kudos, kudos to you. Well, I know I made
2: sure of that one. <laughs>
0: um, in both in both conferences or just the East?
2: Uh you know what? Let's go to both conferences. Uh,
0: I am going to say. Hmm. You know what? I'm actually I'm actually going to say Tampa Bay. I'm going to say Tampa Bay. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Actually, I take that back because they technically hold the second wild. They technically hold the second wild card right now, so I cannot say Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, it's a good one, Mark. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go. I'm going to go the Hurricanes uh, just because I I think if they could find more and this goes. I guess you could say this goes for the Devils too. If they find more consistent goaltending, they can get it together. But the Hurricanes are a more experienced playoff team the last couple of years. Um, they typically, if you look at Rod Brindamore, they're typically really stingy, stingy defensively. They haven't done that. You would have to assume at some point they're going to get back to that. Um, and if Freddie Anderson can come back and, you know, seems like he's on the right track, I think that will help a lot. Um, but I mean, it's a toss up though. I think you go either the devils or the hurricanes, but if I had to pick, I would, I would say Carolina, but it's a good question. Certainly a good question.
2: Does that translate to beer or does that is that more of a shot then?
0: Oh, um.
1: Uh, I guess beer,
0: right? Beer, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
1: Milk. Um, what do you think? He pretty much stole my answer almost verbatim. You passed I really, I, I really <laughs> don't have a whole lot I could add on top of that. Um. Yeah, the thing I'll say is that New Jersey's defense doesn't scare me at all right now. Like without Hamilton, they they need help badly back there, and their goaltending I think is even worse than Carolina's. Uh, I, I think you could get something out of Kachekov. The other two in Jersey, Vanacek and Schmid, I, I think those guys are terrible. I don't I don't think they're good at all. If one of those teams makes a move for you know, John Gibson, then that's another story. But Carolina has, they have almost the same amount of depth scoring wise. And then they have the depth on defense that New Jersey does not have even with Hamilton. So yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go beer just because New Jersey is a dangerous team and I could still see them making the playoffs, but Carolina is definitely right there. And then, Edmonton is also a dangerous team because they could also make a move, and they have the two best players in the world.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go around on this one, guys. And the reason why I'm going to do that because <laughs> you mentioned two of the best players in the world. I'll throw out at you that Jack Hughes is right up there too. And I'm I'm always I'm a big fan of Nico Heischer and the way he plays. I think he sure is somebody that can really make a difference for them defensively. Now, you brought up a great point, though. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, not here, he sure that.
1: Hughes, McDavid and Dreisaitl. and Dreisaitl. And no yeah, to Jack yeah the
2: difference is one of those yeah, guys' back did. checks.
1: Yeah, so, well, Leon Dreisaitl is a much better defensive player than people give credit for. He's usually up there in the league, lead in takeaways. So look at fair. that.
2: But I do have to say this. Uh, the Devils would worry me because then it depends on seeding and who they would get. They can score. If the team that play, that was second place last year shows up, then they're pretty scary. This one, though, Phil, you guys, have and Anthony, you mentioned it too, their blue line is hurting. They're going to get healthy at some point, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't know on, on the Devils, but. I am going to say they're a team that would scare me if they got in. Probably right after that, because uh, obviously Edmonton. I mean, I don't know what to expect out of Detroit. Like Detroit's another one. Like what's going on there? That
1: doesn't scare me that much. They just don't. I mean, Patrick Kane's playing great right now. Like, It's funny you mention
2: that, Phil, because Mm -hmm. Patrick Kane is leading the Detroit Red Wings since he got there. Ten points so far. Patrick Kane will be a Red Wing on March 9th. That's the day after the trade deadline. Phil, take it away.
1: I got to go over here because if you're Steve Eiserman, you have the ability to turn around and take this guy and get more picks or other assets out of him. And I, I don't think he's really a part of their future. I I, I don't. But I, I I will say this. If, if he can create a bidding war, and Patrick King continues to play this way, he's racking up points left and right. He's over a point per game by the time the, the deadline starts getting closer. There's going to be a bidding war for that guy if Iserman makes him available. And Iserman, you know this, he does not lose trades he absolutely spanks the other general manager in trades. So, um uh Chris Jury please stay away because the Rangers have a history of being fleeced by him. So, um yeah, I I, I think it's very possible that they deal him.
2: All right, Anthony.
0: Uh I'm going to say I'm going to say round then I, I guess I'll explain why. So I mean, right now, they're only four points behind Florida for third. And they're right in there with the wild card. I think only three points out of the last wild card spot. So um, Kane, you got to remember, Kane picked Detroit. That's where he said he wanted to be. He said during the process, he always kept going back to Detroit. they were in his heart. So come the deadline, if they're four points out, Kane, this is a place he wanted to be. So Kane may say, listen, four points, you know, we could try to make it up. Um and they might hold on to him or even add. So the, the only way I see him being moved is if the Red Wings fell out so far where they clearly weren't making it. Then at that point I think Kane would obviously, you know, like to move because he wants to play in the playoffs. But um if the the Red Wings are only a couple points out, I don't I don't think Kane's gonna want to be traded because that's where he wanted to be, and he may feel, hey, let's make a move and maybe we get in. So um and I say that because I don't think the Red Wings are going to fall, let's say, you know, eight to 10 points out come the deadline. Could be wrong, but I don't see it ever getting the deficit, getting that high. So I think he's going to stay.
2: Yeah, I I got to say, because again, it, it gets that point. You got to make sure you got a commitment or even a verbal commitment or some idea that uh, I'm going to buy around. I think he's going to be, if they're close, they're, they're going to have to go for it. He's not going to wave his uh, no move. So that's just what they're going to do with that right there. And, and he'll have to be there. And m- maybe this is a good thing about the trade deadline being a little bit further up. So uh, guys, by the way, if you look at the standings week before Thanksgiving or just before Thanksgiving, the Nashville Predators would be the best team in the NHL, 26 points, Vancouver 24, Islanders 24, and the Rangers at 22. Nashville is the most underrated team right now in the NHL. Muted Mark. Sorry, (laughs) Philk.
1: I, uh, I'll say beer. Yeah. They're underrated. Um, and just because they're in a wild card, I, I got to say that nobody's talking about Winnipeg, really. Winnipeg plays a real solid game. And when they get a lead, they are real tough to score against. They have a plus 27 goal differential. Um, LA is not exactly underrated, so I'm not going to go with them. But Nashville has only got a plus three goal differential. They're four games above 500. I don't think they're all that great. So you know what? I'm actually going to change this to shot uh, because I, I really don't think they're that great, so I don't really think they're that underrated. Are they playing well considering what they have? Yeah, but if you ask me, <clears> the <throat> Winnipeg Jets are probably the most underrated team in the NHL. Nobody's talking about them, and they're just getting production from a lot of guys across the lineup. Gabriel Velarde, if you ask me who won the pair Luke Dubois that would be a layup for Winnipeg. Because they got Velarde, they got Iafalo on top of that, and Dubois isn't producing where he should be producing at. And yeah, and this is this is without Kyle Connor. Mm-hmm. So Winnipeg, you want to talk about teams that you may not want to face come playoff time? Winnipeg, they could end up being one of those teams. Not only that, but if they make a move come deadline, they could be real scary. And yeah, they are a dark horse to make a cup run because i think if they make one or two moves, one or two good moves, they have depth, they have structure, they've all bought in and they're producing. So yeah.
2: And you know it's funny cuz we we thought Winnipeg was going to be a fire sale team at the end uh, at Crazy. the end of the year. Uh Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think I think it's a shot too.
0: Um, I, as Phil said, Winnipeg is 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 really underrated. I think Arizona is a little underrated. Um, honestly, you know what? I think I think Washington is, believe it or not, is a little underrated. I mean, they're they're seventeen nine and five. They their their two leading scorers are Stroman Ovechkin, and they only have twenty points. That's their leading is twenty points. But yet they're still they still have a good record. Um, And for the amount of people that are saying how bad they were going to be, I think that I think it's almost that they are underrated at this point. Um, They're they're somehow staying in the mix with not really scoring a lot of goals. Uh, You know, kudos to their defense and their goaltending. So I just want to give them a little bit of props, actually. But um, I I think overall it's Winnipeg, but I could think of a bunch of other teams that I think you could say are more underrated than
2: Nashville. And you know what? You got talk me down because of Winnipeg. Winnipeg's got 21 points in that span. You got to love the job that Andrew Burnett's doing. Uh, so I'm actually going to go beer on this. And I was ready to go round because I was trying to figure out a way to talk about this team, the turnaround that they've had over the last month. Burnett's done a great job with them. Barry Trotz, I mean, you kind of looked at him and went, the, this n- notoriously defensive team is suddenly going to become offensive. Yeah, well, they're getting there. And, yeah, you got Arizona. You got you got Winnipeg, that there are two of them. But, yeah, there's a lousy goal differential that's right there, as uh, Phil brought up. But hey, there's they've done such a good job, 58, uh, 58 goals for and 50 goals against in in that span of the last 18 games. And this is a team, again, you, that's another team you looked at and went, eh, I don't think they're going to be that great. So, Guys, we only got a couple more, and we got the Winter Classic coming on Monday, January 1st. It's going to be at T-Mobile Park, where it's home of the Seattle Mariners. Anthony, Seattle versus Vegas, the last two expansion teams, will be a shot in the arm for NHL Winter Classics.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think it's actually going to be an entertaining game. Um, Seattle, outside, T-Mobile, they got a good fan base. Uh, the most two recent expansion teams, as you said, Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. And I mean, I don't know what you mean by shot in the arm. I think the the, the winter classic is always a good production. The NHL NHL puts on a good show. Um, So sure. Yeah, I I think so. I I think it's good that they're different teams for once. Um, So yeah, sure. Uh, Beer. (laughs) All
2: right. Phil, what do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll say beer. I don't know how much it's going to do for them. Um, I can't really sit there and say, oh, well, Hey, it's going to be this great or, you know, this, they're going to get this much more viewers off it or anything like that. But Seattle having a new team in there, it's nice. And Vegas, you know, they, they got to, they got to play Colorado on Lake Tahoe a couple of years back, which was really cool.
2: That was great
1: that was just amazing scenery. But, um, yeah, I, I think that I think this will be cool. I think people will watch and I think it'll be a fun game.
2: I think it's going to be a great game. And I, I do think, I do think I'm going to actually put a round on this one because if you kind of look at the winter classics, their pattern is superstar original six team superstar. And then you try to get like a bunch of those in there. This is the last two expansion teams. And their non-traditional hockey market showing off Seattle as being a, a good hockey city. Look, there's they need to do more in the winter classics because they were getting a little bit mundane with it. Oh, it's the Blackhawks versus the Capitals, or it's oh, the Penguins and the Bruins. Let's start going outside the box. I mean, that's what was great about the the Cotton Bowl with Dallas and Nashville. And let's get some of these. Teams that don't necessarily are, are in these outdoor games, let's let's get them games. It's it's it, it's something that we just it, it would be great to see. And guys, did you see Saturday Connor Bedard do the Michigan to Jordan Biddington? Oh geez, that was great. But the NHL needs to outlaw the, the Michigan Anthony. Uh
0: you know Zegers did it the same night. He did it. I, he did it I that same that night. One. His first game back. Really? Yeah. His it His was actually. I think. I think. I think his was actually even was more nicer. impressive.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, need to out. Basically,
1: he, he scooped it up on the toe and did it all in one motion. It was pretty crazy.
2: Yeah. You get this. Yeah. We get this debate every now and again, guys. Where they go, it should just. It shouldn't be done. But what do you think?
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't see the need for them to outlaw it. I mean, it's not like it happens that often, where it's an issue, where it's you know being used every game. Um, you know, also too, I think it's good for like you know every time it happens, they appear on you know top ten plays, and you know I think even casual hockey fans see it and you know get a kick out of it. And if that's going to draw more people into the sport, um, players showing off creativity and skill, so be it. So um, you know, I. I I personally don't see any issue with it and I don't need to I don't think they need to outlaw it. I mean if you if you were to put up to me which should they outlaw the Michigan or like Kuznetsov move where right? like he where he basically almost comes to a stop in the shootout that annoys me much more than the Michigan but I don't I don't see the Michigan as being an issue so um, this is a shot. All right. Phil,
2: what do you think? Same thing?
1: Same thing. Why? Why would you get rid of something that is fun, can draw some viewers in, shows up in an ESPN top 10 highlight package? I I mean, you you talk about wanting to advertise the stars in your game. Like, Why would you not want to advertise a personality like Trevor Zegers, who does this, especially somewhere out in Southern California? You want to you want to take that cool, you know, cool surfer Southern California vibe that. You know that's going with Anaheim and Zegers and stuff, and and run with it and do something with it because the NHL hasn't been able to market a superstar since Gretzky, and they didn't really even need to do anything to market it because they marketed it himself because he was such a phenom. So, and I mean, why get rid of this? It's not illegal by any rule book, and if you're dumb enough to let them continue to do it, then that's on you and and you know what and the good part about it is is that the defenses aren't going after every player that does it like i thought they would and, and cuz usually if you do that in like a beer league game you're going to have to fight somebody's yeah. going to come after you and it's going to be a fight yeah. it's going to be a problem and stuff and stuff like that so that's why you don't really see people do it in house league games for the most part but you know what good that that's not happening it's fun it, it's not meant to be disrespectful. It's a way to score a goal. That's what it is. It's a way to score a goal. And if you catch a goaltender sleeping, by all means, do it. Except if you're Chris Kreider and you you can't really do it, and you try yeah. to kiss. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that I, I said that I actually tweeted that out that when he did that a couple years ago, uh, I was like, the fact that he's even trying says how well he is, his confidence is is up and how. How no good of a season he's having, guys. Yeah. I'm with you on this. Um, th- this debate is constantly brought up. Oh, they, they need they might need to outlaw the Michigan. Why? It's exciting. What? And and now the players are getting so good at it that they're doing it in motion. People forget the Michigan happened. He went behind the net in a standstill and then scooped it in. Now you get Connor Bedard who's doing it all in one motion, and it's it's it, it's an amazing thing. Whenever you see that. Anthony, you're on to something else though, because that Kuznetsov move, actually, I still kind of have no problem with that one, either. He's but... not doing
1: anything illegal. If he starts, if he starts breaking yeah, forward, progress, like when when Ryan Shannon got the spin band in shootouts, yeah. that was because forward progress was was being um, was being <laughs> broken. So yeah, that that I understood, but you can't do anything here. He can go as slow as he wants to unless they somehow introduce a clock, which would make no sense. But it really I – I don't think it would have an effect on anybody else, though.
2: I'm just surprised, like, nobody's uh, – by the way, with the Michigan, it's going to be uh, coached out of it. Like, there, there are people that are going to prep for that and find ways to stop it. Uh, but uh, I'm surprised that nobody has figured out a way to stop the Kuznetsov crawl.
0: Well, cuz hey, it's so i mean you it's hard for a goalie cuz it's like you're, you're like not sure like it's you know it's tough and and i know like filks he's not doing anything wrong I, I get that i'm just saying me personally i i hate i hate when i see him do it it's just it grinds my gears One of those how bad like did you hate
1: about the shootouts then
0: yeah i mean i even his though i mean i don't think he re- he went as slow as kuznetsov but I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just don't like it. It is what it is, but I just, smile. all right.
2: Phil, is there any other, is there any, any move you want to see outlawed?
1: No, just, Man. just want the NHL to start suspending player or players accordingly for things that they do and the NHL clean, the cleanup they're officiating and the inconsistency and the nonsense with it. Um, are we done with Bar
2: Talk, though? Oh, yeah, we are done with Bar Talk, guys. So.
1: I saw an update from Kevin Weeks earlier on today um, saying that the project in South Forsyth area, it's it's called the, the, yeah, wow. the South Forsyth project in suburban Atlanta, including Arena, is all full speed ahead with the design moving quickly and interviews for builders taking place. So the NHL is coming to Atlanta.
2: I think so oh, too, yeah, yeah, go
1: back, go back to said, white
2: jerseys. Anthony, you were
0: saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree with it. It's going to happen. I think we saw the writing on the wall about it. Um, it's only a matter of time. I just, I personally think that you know, if they're going to expand, I think maybe there are more cities that deserve a shot uh, before Atlanta does. But um, <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, is what it is I suppose I mean I, I wouldn't much rather give Salt Lake City a team before Atlanta but I hear that NHL wants to keep Salt Lake City in their back pocket in case they have to relocate Arizona at some point so um, you know maybe that's why Atlanta would be the choice but um, it is what it is it is what it is so oh, hopefully the third time is different being it's in a more suburban area who knows but I don't I don't know I, I don't
2: like it Did you guys ever see the movie Mall Rats? Yeah. All right. You know how it starts out where uh, Jason uh, – I forgot. Jason Lee. Jason, Yeah. Jason Lee is talking about his cousin Walt got a cat stuck up his ass. And then he went to the – because he went to the local mall. Yeah, the NHL is going to get the cat stuck up their ass one more time with this. They've gone to Atlanta (laughs) twice. You don't go to Atlanta a third time. I mean –
1: all right, so the one thing I will say is the Atlanta Flames, I, I I don't know much about their ownership, but back in 1980, I don't think hockey was ready for Atlanta. Uh, or right, I should say, for Atlanta. And then the Thrashers, they just had terrible ownership. You get a new arena there, and you, bring, and you actually bring somebody in competently. Like, look at Seattle. Did anybody think that Seattle was really going to be – this successful this early on no but you brought in a guy like Ron Francis and Ron Francis has done all the right things yeah they're not playing well this year yes there are guys that had major major years career-wise that have regressed a little bit because they were probably shooting at very high percentages combined with a Matty Banier sophomore slump and the goaltending not being addressed but you just you bring in a competent hockey mind, you do it the right way. And now with the way that things are where teams, you know, they make trades to protect players, and you know, kind of like the whole under the table thing, but like that Vegas and Seattle have done, that could help Atlanta out. But it just the biggest thing is you need competent and stable ownership. They have not had that the past two times.
2: You're right about one thing, Phil, because you need competent and stable ownership. Because when you brought up Francis, I was going to point out to you who the GM was for the Atlanta Thrashers. Don Waddell.
1: Yeah, Don Waddell, and he sucked. Yeah. And,
2: and Now he's yeah,
1: Carolina's general manager. Good, because he can deconstruct Carolina for all I care.
2: <laughs> all right. Uh, Anthony, last word on this? I
0: didn't succeed. I guess the only thing is if you bring Atlanta in, you don't want to have – an odd number of teams at 33. So if Atlanta gets a expansion team, then Houston. you have to presumably give the West an expansion team to even it out. And I guess at that point, what do you get you, you know, Houston, I know Houston has been talked about lately. Do they get a team? Um, so I just think if you bring Atlanta in, you need to bring in the team in the
2: West along with them. And after all uh, the happiest team would probably be the Dallas stars because they logged the most travel miles every single year like that a lot of people probably don't even know that that the stars have the most travel mileage all right guys um i actually have to wrap it up i have a dinner engagement that's coming up soon and uh so yeah. sorry guys not much in the in the way of q a today but in the way of lots of mistakes sorry about that in the sec in the b block um <laughs> so we got uh so we got the Rangers tonight, Capitals tonight. Anthony, are the Islanders going to win tonight versus the Penguins? Mm.
0: You know, I, I think I think so. They typically play well against Pittsburgh. They're at home, first game after the holiday. Uh, kids are off school, should be a packed building. You know, feelings are good because they've been playing well lately. At home, yeah, I, I think
2: they get it done tonight. And, Phil, this is this going to be a better showing for the Rangers than it was a couple weeks ago down in Washington?
1: Yeah, they'll play much better than they the way they played the last time. I think especially LaViolette did not like losing to his former team for nothing. He's going to change things up, and there's going to be a hell of a lot better effort. So I, I, I think the Rangers will win tonight. I think the Islanders are going to beat Pittsburgh tonight as well.
2: Uh, you know what? I agree, I, with, that. <laughs> uh, I'll agree with you. I, I'll agree with both you guys on that. Um, one of them might be an OT game but who cares uh, there there's the same points I'll tell you what I am sort of uh, shot in Freud with the um, with the Pittsburgh Penguins I still think they should have started their rebuild four years ago and at least done a little soft rebuild and they would have been back but this is the last gas for this team and I just I wonder what what's the future of this franchise when they don't make the playoffs this year that
1: uh, it, it, if they don't make the playoffs this year uh, I, I would rebuild everything I would go scorched earth after that mm-hmm. uh, But I don't think they're going to do that I don't think Kyle Dubas was brought in to do that, do that I think he was brought in to figure out a way To try to keep whatever hope of another Stanley Cup Or just a deep playoff run alive While Crosby is still productive So, But you know what? Let them continue to go down that path and let them continue to further mess things up because this Eric Carlson trade clearly isn't working all that well for them.
2: Yeah. Well, all right, guys, thank you very much for joining us tonight uh, for big Apple hockey. And again, thanks for sticking with me through the poorly worded B block. So uh, we got a lot more coming uh, down the pipeline. Can't wait for 2024. Have a good night, everybody. See you later guys.